Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Criminal Connection podcast with me, Terry Stone, a.k.a. The Podfather. Today, we've got an extra special guest. He's called Marvellous Marvin Herbert, and he is a fucking Herbert. So please, put your hands together for Marvin Herbert. Come on. How you doing, mate? Yep, you did tell. Good to see you, brother. Good pleasure being on, mate. Pleasure being on. Uh, yeah, do you know what? It's... Uh... The Codfather made me giggle. <laughs> the Podfather, not Codfather. Codfather. No, the Codfather does fish and chips. There was a Codfather in Marbella. I remember when, it. When I, I see the Podfather, I thought, like, oh, I've lined up. Oh, I've lined up. That's a good one. Now, do you know what? Because uh, the, 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 the podcast is, is touching on true crime, and it's not just about enforcers, gangsters, actors that play criminals, authors. It's, it's just about anything that's true crime related. So, um, you know, because obviously the Godfather was... Uh, the, the head of the, the the mafia family, you know, they the, as a joke, someone said, "Oh, you're the Podfather," you know. So I've I've, I've just embraced that now. So I've got, I've got, I've got to fucking get up there now. You go, you go, Podfather. So Marvin, right? You've had um, a, a crazy life, and I know you've done various podcasts, and and you've been a man about town for probably the last four decades. Um, but I think. Nobody has really got into who is the real Marvin Herbert. So what I'd love to do is, oh. is deep, deep diving, baby. Oh. <laughs> yeah. and, and literally just find out, where was you brought up? Was you, was you a London boy? Um, yeah, I was born up in London for, like, I'd say, up to primary school. So reception, and then you start primary school, and then I was about two years into primary school, that's when we come to London. So I think the f- second or third year of primary school is when I come to London. So, so how old was you, was you when you was in London? Would you say like seven or eight years seven, of age? Seven, eight years of age, yeah. So, so when did you, I mean, as a kid, did you sort of, you know, do martial arts, did you go boxing? What was your... Just from my memory, right? So 
when people say, what do you remember? I was like, I can remember being a kid, having a laugh, having a giggle, being playing in the park, picking up worms, eating worms, all that sort of... I've got vague memories of all that stuff when I was living in Liverpool, going around my nan and granddad's house, playing with my cousins, playing in the flat, playing around the field, doing all that sort of stuff. But once we come to London, the only memories I've got is running around Chalk Hill Estate, playing in the Caribbean environment, going to the Sunday school yeah. in um, Chalk Hill Estate, um, the Jubilee Centre, going down to Church Road, all that sort of, with my dad and, my dad used to do all the domino stuff. And then it was moving to Chalk Farm, in Chalk Farm in Kentish Sun, that it, the life started, like my brain changed, like from that, it was when my dad burnt my hand. Right. When my dad burnt my hand, it was, um, that was the point where I actually knew that I'm gonna be bad. I'm gonna be everything my dad, the opposite of what my dad was, and I've got to do everything I can. So I just went off into the big wild world. When you say burn your hand, what did, what did he do? What was that about? We, um... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, growing up as a kid, we never really had much because my mum was a... She was a, a single parent mother, right? Basically, whose, whose bloke was rumping everything in sight. My dad had kids with a million and one different women. My mum was a lot younger than my dad, so she was a little bit naive and immature. Right. But she had kids young. And my dad took her away from her family infrastructure in Liverpool and moved her to London. So she couldn't really cope with the four kids properly. But your dad is, is a Londoner, right? No, he's from Liverpool. Oh, Barbados, well. my dad. He's right. dead now. Right. And it's, um, when she come to London and... My dad was out doing things. She had to look after four kids and she couldn't really do the best job in the world. She'd done the best she could. I don't hate my mum, I love my mum on everything. She's a soldier and she just got through everything she could get through. But we had to shoplift a lot as kids and nick a lot of food and do things that was unconventional. And uh, my mum used to come out nicking with us, 
We used to do things with my mum. I know my dad used to sell puff and do all these things. Like, you just sort of know when you're a kid. Yeah. And then one day, I'm in... Um, I come out of school, we walked up to Queen's Crescent in Kentish Town, and um, we went in Woolworths to nick some stuff. And we're all nicking. I nicked a packet of spearmint gums. Right. And a star bar. And as we come out, the store detectives have caught us. And I fucking love star bars. Yeah, they they would have fucking chocolate bar, wouldn't they? They were lovely. They were lovely. <laughs> and I took that, and then walking out, store detectives copped us, said, you're going to take us home. So in the back of my little mind, I was like, sweet. My mum nicks. My dad does that. At the time, you just know it's the smoke. My dad does that smoke that everyone buys, and you know my dad's crooked, and we got to hide when the police come. You know, you, you sort of know he's no good. You know he's a, he's up to no good, right? And you got to keep your mouth shut when the police turn up. Can't talk when the police turn up. So you know there's bad stuff going on. So when I got caught, I just thought, when we go home, they'll make a show to the store detective, and I'll be all right. I'll go in everything. Ah, what happened, you little div? What'd you get? <laughs> That's what you'd expect, right. yeah. But then, when they've sort of knocked on the door, I'm there with a little maids up in the sky, thinking, oh, who's going to pick? Who's going to answer the door? My dad's come to the door. What is it?" He said, "I oh, wear the store detective. We caught your son your son thieving." And then with that, my dad just sort of punched me in the face and grabbed. So I had a big afro then. Right. So I grabbed by the afro and just sort of slammed the door, and then just dragged me down the hallway, dragged me into the kitchen. Put the fire on, put the fire on, just put, put my hand over it, mate, and it just burnt my hand. And it was, I don't know sort of how to describe it, but I was just thinking, how can you burn my hand? You're my dad, I love you, like, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, like, why are you burning my hand? And I couldn't understand at that age why my dad would be doing it to me. And then, just when I thought he'd stopped, he took his belt off, dragged me into the bathroom, threw me in the bath, and then just started beating me with the belt, then threw me in the bedroom. And then you're just thinking, what the fuck? Like, what? And then I started thinking, I hate you. I hate you, 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 I hate you. And then it was, I'm never gonna do nothing you want me to do. And then the four patterns started then, and then I started watching things like the Sweeney, Please Five, and I was just watching things. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have all the money in the world and then I'm gonna kill him. Fucking bastard, keep beating my mum, I'm gonna kill you. And that was what gave me my little bit of pill to go into the criminal fraternity with, uh, about eight, nine years of age. So when you was watching these police shows, I thought for a minute you said you wanted to join the police force. <laughs> Before that, I did. When I was four or five, I wanted to be a policeman and a fireman. Right. And then when my dad burnt my hand, man, I wanted, after that, that's when I know it. That was the point. So I remember I actually wanted to be a policeman as a kid or a fire brigade man. Because so I've always wanted to help people. That was the madness. I've always wanted to help people. And then when my dad burnt my hand, I just thought, I'm going to be like that gangster. I'm going to get all that money. And I'm going to buy everyone everything. Fuck my dad. And that was the start of my criminal... Did you ever have a chat with your dad about that like, later on in life? Yeah, in the later years. Like, what, what was he... What, did he what, Did he say why he did it, or was he just... Well, it was more about me more than him. Like, my dad was a very... I don't know about powerful force of death, 
but he had a powerful, positive influence. And he was very, very powerful in certain environments. Mm. And a lot of people that know my dad, no one speaks bad about my dad. And he done a lot of things for a lot of people in the in the cannabis world. <clears throat> and um, I just sort of try to understand how, like, like how, like to ask him, how, how could you be me like that? I mean, like, what made you do it? Like, and he just sort of said, you know what? He just said, I'll just see the badness in your son. And I didn't want it to come out. And it's looking back retrospectively, I kind of respect him <laughs> for trying to beat it out of me, man. <laughs> it didn't work. It never worked. <laughs> but it just goes to show, right, that, that and I'm, t I'm saying, my dad, my YouTube, and like, my dad was six foot four, and he was a lump, mate. Like, my dad was a, um, like, in that world, like, you see my dad coming, he had his 3.5S Rover, white, he had all the rings, all the bracelets, all the chains, and he had all the silk suits, all the crumbies. Like, my dad was, a, he, he was like a pimp. He was like, I was gonna say, P.I.M.P. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was like that. He was, he, he, he was just that way inclined. That's how he was. And then he, in later life, he went into all the dominoes and the, the, the gambling houses and things like that. But he grew up very ostentatious from the Caribbean community. He'd done a lot of parties in the black community and I just couldn't understand. So I had to ask him and he just told me that it was, it was me. And I couldn't blame him for being me because I knew how bad I was gonna be, if that makes sense. Like I knew every fucking thing I'd done. And I was planning everything. Like, I'd do this to do that to do this so you'd react so I could fucking come and do ya. Do you know what I mean? So I premeditated everything and that's why I couldn't be involved in that world no more because it's all premeditated bollocks that all the older people put in place to manipulate the younger people so they all end up fucked, dead, imprisoned, traumatised and they all live the life of Riley, giving it a big one and they yacht somewhere saying, oh, you never guess what happened to that cunt. You never guess what happened to that cunt. You never guess what, yeah. You never guess what happened, yeah. And that's all they do. Yeah, you never guess what happened to that cunt. But what happened? Bosh. How'd that happen? Oh, you know such and such. He done such and such. Oh, uh, who had time to do with that? Well, such and such and such and such done that. Fucking joking it. And it's never ending. They're all throwing each other under buses and they don't stop. And then when the big boys get nicked, yeah, when the big boys get nicked, they're the ones that go, well, I can't go to prison. I've got too much responsibilities. What have I got to do to stay out of prison? They say, well, throw a few people under the bus. And so they throw them under the bus and they throw them under the bus and they throw them under the bus. Now, I'm not gonna start throwing paperwork about, but there is paperwork about on some prolific villains because we've had a lot of PII's done, public community interest hearings. People don't know about that and you can get information on that. It's all freedom of information, freedom of information, yeah, that you can go and get after 20 years, 25 years of any crime. You can see wow. all the snitches, mate. Yeah, <laughs> think about that. That's yeah, scary. It's it's scary. Who's been, no, yeah. for anyone who's been grassing, it's scary. Yeah, because it's fucking. all got to be freedom of They've got to release it after 25 years and they hold it. They'll wow. hold it forever. Wow. So, I mean, they've got to release it. It gets released into the public domain. So wow. there's a little tip for you. Yeah. You can go and have a little snooze about that. Because it has to do it. Like, when, it's, when, it's, when they're real deep, it's all blacked out. It's all blacked out. Because they don't want them informers known. Because there's deep-rooted informers in the game now. There's one of them. Actually, in prison right now under an alias. Yeah, and there's a little bit of a, a, a sting going about that this guy's going to bring down a criminal fraternity. So I've heard.
Don't know how much truth's in it, but apparently he's he's called for a listener and he spoke to a listener and uh, apparently he's going to blow the lid on a lot of things. And a lot of people that he's in, in connected to are very powerful. And some of them was even connected to a, a case I was arrested for, for 19 murders. And imagine this, right? So. This Marvin, is what, you didn't kill 19 people, sure. No, I, no see what I'm know. saying to you, right? So this is what happens, right? So, I'm just saying, that's a bit, that's a long no, night's work. <laughs> this, this is what happens. So all them villains, the people at the top, yeah, what they do is, yeah, they have relationships with old Bill and then they fit everyone up. We got fitted up, right? And literally, they put my DNA on a crash helmet, my DNA on gloves and down the wires on a, on a bike, yeah, on a bike, and then put the bike in a lockup with loads of guns and loads of other things and then put us down to 19 murders. And then the people that were supposed to be looking after my friends, yeah, was working with the police. And we got the PII, the person, I won't mention his name, he gave the police, he said in the PII, blah, blah, had knowledge of the lockup shortly before the raid. Blah, blah, gave the police the address of the location shortly before the raid. Black and white. And we've read it. Fortunately enough for the man, he's dead now, so I won't talk him to the dead. But this is something that's been going on forever. So I can honestly say that I've met numerous people on numerous occasions when I've been under investigation and they've tried to give me products or money in broad daylight when I'm under Robbo. And they're never nicked, they're never collared. I got nicked for 19 murders and no one above my pay grade got their collar felt. Wow. How can that work? How can that work? How could you be a known associate of me, yeah, get arrested for murders, and you're with me every other day, and you don't get your collar felt? How can that happen? I'm getting worried now that I'm going to get my collar felt. I've only just been talking to you for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's the world, though. It's you were world. one of Marvin's associates. You yeah. talked to him on the podcast. Yeah, well, you you was involved. <laughs> and they all throw their youngsters under the buses. They all do it. They've got to do it to survive. Look, I got drove mad in that criminal fraternity. By old Bill, I got drove mad, mate. And everybody I know in that game gets drove mad. Gets drove mad. How could you be like a public figure and not go shovel for 20, 30 years? Right. How? It's not possible. I mean, you you had you had um obviously you 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 had this traumatic experience with your with your father, and obviously it's made you fucking hate him and you've 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 then gone into this like crime stuff, right? What was your I mean, you said that you used to do shoplifting um, and obviously you probably did a bit of street stuff, but when did, when would you say that you went from doing like minor stuff? I can tell you. It's all step by step because there was all mugs. Everyone I worked with was a mug and I was thinking, oh, these are mugs, mate. What are you doing that for? What are you doing this for? Do this, do that, do that. Oh, you like mugs, man. I'll just carry on. Like, just, I'm not saying everyone I come across is a mug. What I'm just saying is I couldn't see, you're not going to make money out of that. You're not going to make money out of that. You're not going to get. You're not going to get millions out of this. You're not going to get millions out. And I was just looking for the millions. I was just looking for the millions. Do you know what I mean? And when I got into the armed robberies, this is what happened. I got into the armed robberies, right? And then I noticed because I was away with all the armed robbers in. Was was the, was the armed robbery? That was when you 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 went into serious crime. Yeah, that yeah, was the yeah, beginning. Yeah. How old was you then, Marv? Um, nineteen. Wow. Yeah, nineteen with all the East London lot. Right. And I, the the, I'm not saying he got me into it, but the person I followed was a guy called Lenny Sandford. He was a formidable character back in the day. Um, I don't really know what's happening with him of late because I haven't spoken to him for decades, but... No, I have spoken to him, but I haven't been around him for decades. Right. You know what I'm saying to you? But they're not in the best place they could be. They could be in a lot better place than they are. But he, he actually set me off on a... 
on a on a journey that I'm grateful for because they taught me the infrastructure of how to survive and how to survive with the right people. Although we was all doing bad things, we was all good people. And uh, I mean, I mean, for, for, for our listeners and viewers, right? And I'm robbery on a fucking money van, right? Now he's sort of unheard of, obviously, because of the way things are in the CCTV and whatever. But back then, obviously, there was no CCTV. And that was the the thing, wasn't it? You know, you, you went out and you robbed a couple of security fans, right? But, 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 I mean, what sort of money would you get out of him? See, again, this is what I was saying to you, right? So when I got into the, the vans with Lenny and all them, like, I'm doing all the bits and bobs, right? What I noticed very rapidly is that once you went over a million pound, you got nicked. Everyone got nicked. And they went heavy for over a million quid. And I always wanted five million quid to exit the game. That's what I said, if I get five million quid, I'll be out, right? So I've always looking for a five million pound, two million pound, three million pound bit to work. I always look for it. And when I noticed that the armed robberies go nuts for over a million quid, once you hit over a million quid, it's another investigation. So then I thought, well, hold on, what can we do? So then I thought, if we do work under a million quid and then we stack our money and invest our money into other businesses and other companies, then we can get out of this bollocks. So we set off on a journey and then once we started making money, the team members I was connected to didn't want to amalgamate their money, didn't want to put things together, didn't want to go legit, didn't want to go straight. So things fell apart quickly. So you had to move and box and weave. And then in 97, I went to Ibiza. I'm in partying in Ibiza. And I, I say it now because it's it's, I'm not embarrassed, but I was over there on American Express black card. Yeah, un like unlimited authorization there. <laughs> so I've got it and it's clearing. And I'm giving it the absolute big one. Yeah? So, so you actually got one of them cards? I had one, yeah. We, uh, we oh, right. So we Marvin was one. a Centurion member. See what I'm saying? Yeah, right? I so love you that. know, so a lot of people that. don't know. I never had the card. What I've done, I bought the card. Right. So the card was crooked. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'll tell you, we bought them five grand, I promise you. I said, I'll, I'll shit you not, mate, yeah? Young Indian Jack used to get them for us, right? So I had, that's what I'm saying. So you know the, the benefits. So an American Express black card, right, is a card with unlimited authorization without a code 10. So you go like that, and it's authorized, done, not a question. 100 grand, 200 grand, 300 grand, half a million quid, it authorizes, you know that, right? Sick. So I'm in IB for giving it the absolute beginning in 97, right? Now what? Now, this is what happened, so I'll go, I'm, I weren't even gonna go. I weren't even gonna go. And Indian Jack said to me, he said, ah, oh, Marv, come and where everyone's going, come. I said, I can't, I've got no money. I want to need a couple of grand and blah, blah, blah. We ain't going to work till next week. Ah, oh, this is the work. This is um, Bobby and Steve from the Zoo Experience on um, yeah, yeah. Kiss, Kiss FM. They was all out there, right? And um, Rampling, everyone, everyone that was the DJs at the time was out there. Yeah, they said, Marv, come on, man. I was like, ah, oh, man, oh, I ain't got the money. I ain't got the money. He said, Marv, but I'll get you a card. I said, what do you mean? He said, I'll give you a card, five quid. I was like, what am I going to do with that? He said, I'll give you that. He said, Marv, it'll give you unlimited authorization for as long as you're there, mate. He said, don't even worry about it, just keep it. When you come, five quid, I said, shut up. He said, look, <laughs> you've got to keep it till it blows up, and it blows up, you're in bother. Right? So I was like, yeah, he went, yeah. I said, all right. So he said, I'll tell you what to do. Take the card and pay me when you come back. If it don't work, don't pay me. So I went, all right, sweet. That's enough, you couldn't refuse. Yeah, I couldn't refuse. <laughs> so off to like, um, IB before I go with old Shug, and I'll give you a prop, Shug, right, of my pal Dave. DT in the building took me over to IB. So I drove over there in this 328 BMW, right? Convertible. We've got this American Express back car. So goes over, goes into the first club. 
couple of bottles of champagne, not a problem. A couple of bottles of Dom P, not a problem. Dom Perignon, by the way, DP. So I another couple of bottles, sweet. So I said, can I get five bottles? <laughs> can you send them five bottles? Can you send them five bottles? And it's all authorising. So all of a sudden, like, I'm the man, nah. I'm just giving it a bigger. A few boys are sitting next to me and drinking my way, yeah? So I said, no, 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 love, 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 come here. I said, do me a favour, can you send them five bottles of Don P, please? <laughs> yeah. And them, and them, yeah. The people said, what are you doing, bro? I said, bro, no disrespect, yeah. That's why they call him Marvellous Marvin. Yeah. I, said, I said, no disrespect, mate, yeah. I said, but you're sitting next to me, we're giving it a bigger, mate. We are giving it a bigger, and I don't want to half mug you off, so you may as well join us, mate. Have another five. And I was just buying everybody five, ten bottles of Don P. And that went on for four and a half days. <laughs> right? Everywhere. I sent people home on Concord, like, you know, just giving it the absolute bigger. The card weren't blowing up. It weren't blowing up. And then I left it with, um, I'll try and find out um, what DJ it was I left it with, but I left it with a DJ and he told me he done 170 grand on the card and then left the card there. Do you know what I'm saying? So the card was still running when we left it there and it was just giving it a big one. And anyway, back to the story, right? So I'm giving it a big one with this card. I'm in space one afternoon, right? How am I nah. Great club that oh, was. Oh, mate, it was the gaff. And when the airplanes come over and everyone cheers, <laughs> mate, it's sick. So I'm in there. Buzzing, uh, giving it a big uh, all of a sudden. So some little Rockefeller said, ah, you want some hash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's come with this pollen, right? And it was the other, the caramel of the bubbly one. So it bubbles up, it was really good. I was like, ah, oh, this is sick, 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 sick. And I was like, ah, oh, can you get any, get, get any, get any guys lumps a bit, lumps a bit. <clears throat> so then after a couple of days we partying with his fellow or a day, it might have been another night and then another day in space. And then we started talking. He said to me, you do the force? I said, what's the fours? Because I'd just come out of jail, 97. I didn't really realise what the fours, the fours was the terminology for the soap bar puff, right? <clears throat> so I said, fours, what's the four? He said, uh, Ashish. <clears throat> I was like, yeah, of course I do. I love that at home. <clears throat> so we started talking and uh, he said, I can get it to you. I said, yeah, how much? And he said, 165, but I didn't know what he was talking about. I was like, what are you on about? He said, 165. I said, for what? And I, I thought he was going to bring a little bit of puff. And he said, ah, for a kilo. I was like, say that again? You'll get me a key of puff for 165 pounds, mate. And he was like, yeah. He said, but you've got to come to Spain. So I mean, you pay for it in Spain. And I was like, yeah. He was like, yeah. I said, sharp. He said, yeah. I said, so how much is a ton? He said, 165,000 pounds. I said, piss off. He said, see? I was like, fuck off. He said, see? And then he broke it down to me that it cost no more than £100 a kilo in Morocco. Right. They paid 40 grand to get it to Spain. His mate will nick a drink, and then you've got to pay the transport home. So it comes 165 grand landed in Spain, and you've got to pay your transport home. So all in total, it used to come to um, 205 grand, roughly. And what was that worth Puff. On, on the street? Wow. At, the, at that time, you'd get, I think it was 1750 or 1550 That's £1,750 or £1,500 a kilo. But you're buying a kilo for £165. So I mean, then you transport fees home. So I said, yeah? He was like, yeah. I said, piss off. Serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. Fuck off. Serious. I said, don't make me come to Spain, you know, and there's going to be a fucking problem, man. I'll come, you know. Are you being serious? He said, I'm, 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 all that bollocks. And I was like, oh, that's right. So obviously he'd come home, went to work, nicked a bit of reddies, uh, and then... 
What would you make on that though? So if you were paying one six five for for a kilo, yeah. What would you sell it for? Five hundred. Fucking hell. So I just sell it for five hundred straight away, no headaches. And that's not the street value. That's the Wholesale. flipping it on. Yeah, so time. the street value, what would that be? A million or more? Yeah, it depends on the person who's selling it. Sometimes it, it, at the time, if the puff was fifteen fifty, then you're giving them it to, for five hundred or seven fifty. Then they're going out between seven fifty and fifteen hundred, isn't it? That's how it all works. A kilo of cocaine is only seven grand at source. Right. And they sell it for thirty, forty grand on the street. So I'm saying it's all a get up. After six hundred kilos of sold cocaine in Europe. You got 400 dispensable kilos of cocaine to bring to England, and there's so many gun crime, violence, and bollocks. It's all, that's why I'm out of it. It's all bollocks. It's all a get up, and all the people with it are using the youngsters to make more money than they've seen since. But they want. It's like the older lot want the younger lot to have stabbings and shootings, and they want them to kill. It's like they're feeding their egos. There's literally a handful, literally five people, that I would trust with my life from that world. Literally, in the whole existence. Do you know what I mean? The one person that made me go legit in everything I've ever done was Daniel Kinahan. Imagine that. The most straightest person I've ever met, ironically. And he was the one who sort of educated me on businesses and business systems and looking after your family. Like, without him, I would always believe that all the criminal fraternity loved me. He said, no, I don't love you, man. They're using you. You're a benefit. I was like, what? My pals. And then in time, things happen. I thought, wow, wow, now, this is deep. He said, mate, come on. And uh, yeah, me, and, me and Daniel have been through some stuff. And at times, when I could have ruined everything, I could have ruined everything for me, my kids, and everything, he just sort of stood beside me and said, Marv, just do the right thing. This is the right thing to do. This is the right thing to do. You've got kids to think about. So, I mean, like for I was saying, I really wanted to kill the geezer that shot me. Before we get on to that, you, you, you've done the arm robberies, yeah. you've gone to Ibiza, you met this guy, you're now bringing the puff in, right? Yeah. What, what happened after that? Basically, everything in my world was sweet at that point. Did you know Daniel then? Or, or no, was this later? No, no. I, I only met Daniel in 2006. Right. I mean, we became really close so, friends so after the, 2006. So the Puff and I beef was 97, 98. Yeah, that had nothing to do with anybody in right. my belt. That, right. What I've done in my belt, this is what, this is what made me get to, when we were talking about the stepping stones, right? Yeah. So basically, because I used to rob money, yeah? This, this is how I got into Puff, right? I used to rob money. So I couldn't put money in safety deposits or boxes or banks. I couldn't get you to look after my money because you'd spend it or someone would rob you. So I had to find ways to put my money into the bank. So the only way to secure my money was to sort of buy drugs, then give it to people cheaper than they could ever get it. So my money was in the bank. She was like, was like the, the Tesco's of the drug world. She was buying it cheap and then selling it. Just just giving it, but I, I, I never, let's see, that's another thing as well. I never really sold it. Right to make a profit. Right. Even some of my mates in the game, he said, what are you actually doing it for? For them, isn't it? For them to get in front. Like, are you off your head? I'm like, no. Like, that's what I do it for. I'm not doing it to earn money out of them. I'm doing it so they can earn money. So I'm not gonna give it to them where they're gonna struggle or suffer or get in problems. 
And then it wasn't until 2014 that I realised the ripple effects of doing all that stuff. I mean, that's what made me come out of it. But yeah, I, I, I used the drug world as a way to compartmentalise my cash growing up as a kid. And then I just went up the levels to the top. And when I got to the top, I just thought, well, do you know what? I don't really want to live like that for the rest of my life. And I really don't want to live like that for the rest of my life. And this is, if this is what you call cracking it, then I'd rather go and get a job. So I'm going to go and do what I can do in it. After the, the puff, then did you get involved in other stuff as well? So you started doing coke and... Mate, I was involved in everything. Right, this is why Marv <laughs> was marvellous. I'm not saying it to be begetted, but it wasn't anything I'd ever done. It wasn't, I was like a conduit to the criminal fraternity. And anyone will tell you, like, Marv was different. I mean, I'm not out there trying to pretend I was hard or gay. So I'm like, if you come out of the I'll have a row with anyone. I'm not scared of anyone. If anyone was ever around now, I'd have a row with anyone. I'm not scared to test my ability. That's all I do, test how good I am. Now, if you beat me up, then you're shit up, and I'll give you credit. Wicked, I never thought I'd get beaten up. I never thought you'd do me, but fuck me. Well done, bruv, lovely. I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I only want to test my abilities, how good I am. So in the gym, boxing, weights, circuits, all that, I'll just challenge myself. And I haven't met anybody yet that's outdone me, outworked me, outbeat me. So I just do what I do. I don't, I'm not professing to be the best at everything, but I do circuits and I do boxing. And I've never gotten in the ring yet with anybody that I don't feel that I can be in the ring with. And I've been in the ring with some world champions. So I mean, literally. Like, and I've had some good spars with some good people. And I keep myself in a physical position. I've still got my six pack. So I mean, I'm still ripped like a racehorse. I've been saving up for one of them. I've actually put it on my Christmas list. <laughs> you need to come train. You need to do a boot camp with me for six weeks. I've got to be crying. Call I'll it on, mate. Come on, we'll get you super fit. Get a Terry Turbo back no, I'm in on it, shape, mate. mate. I'm on it, I'm on Let it. Let me get I'm you on it, Bobber. <laughs> go public and say you'll get on a little. Come do a circuit. Do, yeah. do six week circuit training with me. And what it is it? It'll be, you can be, because I'm creating a new... I could be your model, couldn't I? No, no, what is it? Like we're, we're creating a spectrum. <laughs> it's a spectrum of fitness. My wife says I'm on the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's where we're going to place you. I mean, the missus is on it. She's got the female arm. I mean, I've got, I've got a young blind kid on it. I've got a young... He was 21 stone, now he's 16 stone. He's on it. Do you know what I mean? I'm trying to get another... Um, not as able-bodied person. I don't like calling people disabled, but not like not as able-bodied as everybody else, but much more functional and like wants it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, we're on it, man. Personal training, everything, everything. So you've you've gone through this, you know, this drugs thing. You become marvelous, Marvin, the the chemist of London. <laughs> I wouldn't even say that. It was just, it was, for me, it was just more about giving people what they needed so everybody could nick a few quid. And if anyone had come to me and said, Marv, do you know anybody who's got this? Do you know anybody who's got that? I'd more than say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll ring She was more like a fixer, like yeah, people need something, you look them up. And, I've got yeah. everything for everyone. The only thing I wouldn't get, and this is a fact, the only thing I wouldn't get for other people was guns. Right. I wouldn't get guns for other people because I was involved in something late 80s, early 90s, and I realised that you can get killed by your own gun. Do you know what I mean? And it don't make sense giving other people things that can kill you or your friends. So anything that killed people, I never got for no one. Got it. And I just stayed away from that arm. But 
I was, it was alleged I was up to all sorts of shootings, stabbings and killings when I was a young man. However, I can honestly say I physically, I physically never killed anyone. And I can honestly say that. Now, the universe takes people in many different ways and the universe saves people in others. So I can't be responsible for what the universe gives or takes. And I'm a living example of that because I should be dead. Do you know what I mean? Look, Look, come close. Look, I got. You can see that. Look, but halfway through my eye. Wow. Look, if you look in. Yeah. You can see my retina. Yeah, I can see it. It moves. I've still got my retina. Still you got my. I'm looking to that camera. Show the audience. That is fucking scary shit. Yeah. And that and that was you you that was when you were shot in the eye. I got shot. It went through there. If you can see the little lump there, it went through there, and into the eye. Then look, it stopped. Halfway through, literally halfway through. Right now, I'll show you something now. I mean, that was that was fucking divine intervention. No, mate, beyond belief. I was, I'll show the X-rays. I've got the X-rays, right? Now, the bullet that went through my femur. So they shot. It was more than one shot. Five shots I got, man. Right. So he shot me in. He shot me in my leg. So he pulled a gun out. And I've got to try and grab the gun, right? So he shot me in the first bit here, which has shattered my leg. And my leg's just shattered, so I've hit the deck. As I've hit the deck, I've tried to get up. As I've tried to get up, he shot me. He went through the arm, off the pelvis, through the pelvis, and then out my two vertebrae at the spine. I'll show the, the scars after. And then, as I've gone back again, I've tried to get up again, and he shot me, but he went down my wheelie and out of my right testicle. Yeah, and then I thought, you know, getting uh, shot in the bollocks or the testicles or the penis doesn't sound fun. Yeah, you don't really feel none of it. I just, well, it wasn't until I've looked, because I never felt it. I just see. You you go, oh, my penis, my penis. I'm going to shot my penis. It's just like, and I thought, did he just shoot me there? As I've gone like that, that's when I've seen my my nobble burst open. Fucking hell. And I thought, you can't lay down, you've got to get up, you've got to get up. And then I just thought, as I've come up like that, I just see him coming down with a gun like that, and I've just sort of looked down the barrel, and then bang, the, the first one come down and it hit me, and I thought, did he just shoot me in my head? And I've, I thought, I'm alive, he couldn't have done. And I've got to get up again, and I've looked up, and I've just seen the bullet come again in my eye, and honestly, in truth, it was just like, it was like someone punched me. And then I heard him running off, and I thought, what the fuck did he just stab, um, shoot me with? Do you know what I mean? Was it, was it a 9mm or was it a 2 Yeah, 9mm gloss. Was it a 9mm? Yeah, you feel, feel, feel the bullet hole. Right, right. Here's your finger. Look, feel the bullet hole, look. Fucking hell. That's a 9mm, bro. And wow. I've got the bullet holes in my leg as well and the arm. Like, it was a 9mm. Like, that's what I'm saying. At first, I thought, what did he shoot me with? Because I've been involved in things, I've seen, I've seen some bad things. I'm saying to so I'm thinking, what did he do me with? Is it in my eye? Why am I? And it was just numb. It was all numb. And I got someone to get the phone out of my car, I made a couple of phone calls, and then I actually thought I was going to go into shock and pass out. Do you know what I mean? So I've rung my mates to tell him who it was who'd done what he'd done. And then the ambulance come. Well, no, I rung the ambulance, and the ambulance come, and I went hospital. Yeah, it was a bit of a nutty one. What was, what, what was it over, the shooting? Did you ever fall out with a fellow, or was it, was it...? It was a cheeky little squeak, to be fair. Basically, I took him around my mate's house one afternoon. And uh, my mate had a parcel of watches. He took one of the watches. A couple of weeks later, he hadn't paid for the watch. The person that owned the watch rung me up and said, Marv, are you going to pay for the watch? I said, how did you pay for it? 
with nah. I said, fucking squeak. She said, go and pay for the watch. She said, what's it got to do with you? I was like, what? What do you mean, what's it got to do with me? He said, what's it got to do? You're on the bully up, in ya? But he's sitting in company with a load of people. Do you know what I mean? Bully up. I said, I'll show you bully up, cunt. Where are you? He said, I'm down the port. So I said, all right, sweet. So I went down this the port. Is this in my bayer? Port Benoche, yeah. Right, so what year was this? Mm, 2008. Right. August the 24th, 2008. Yeah. Just after I see Colton. Right. <laughs> I see Colton. Oh, that's another story. Um, see Colton in um, outside Sinatra's. Yeah. Because I was going to do Colton as well. I was going to do him because he chopped me up as a kid. And I've, that was a, the first time I saw him after he chopped me up on the door of the ministry. So what happened there? What, with Colton? Yeah. I oh. what, let's finish Let's finish the yeah, shooting yeah. thing because, so the guy's called you, right? He said, I'm in the fucking port. No, I've called him, what, what are you going to pay for the him, watch? And he's gone and he, come he, down to the port. No, he never said that. He said, what are you talking about? What are you bullying me for? I said, bullying you for what? I said, you need to pay for this fucking watch. I was going to come punch you in, mate. If I punch you in, you can keep the watch, you little squeak. I said, where are you? She said, I'm down the pool. I said, all right, sweet. So I've jumped in the car. I give my tool. I had a 357 snub nose as well. That was my You were tool. like fucking dirty Harry, weren't you? That was my tool. <laughs> but I left it with my nephew. I left it with my nephew. I said, hold that. I'll be back in a minute, little squeak. And I went down there. And then I never thought he'd do it. He went like that. I said, what's that? What are you going to do with that, you little squeak? And as he pulled out, he went crash, crash, crash. Yeah. And uh, that was the beginning of my transition, I believe. Because it was after that that I met Daniel, and it was then getting through everything I went through that we started MTK. Right. And then uh, we just grew like family members. But but before we get on to MTK and Daniel Kinnan, let's talk about the Carlton thing. So he was at Ministry of Sound. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> that was really interesting. Yeah, we were gonna come again, my selector. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so you went to Ministry of Sound? Yeah, so you can re verify this. Do you remember MC Creed? Yeah, of course. Right, so Creed and his brother. Right, so Creed's brother, yeah, Creed's brother got cut on the side of the head in this altercation because he was there. When someone's gone to hit me, they've hit him by accident and split his head open. When that was, that was when I was having a rah. Oh, I'm going to mention it because he tried to make out he weren't there. So. Kung Fu Dave, Gold. Dave Gold was there. Colton, um, Dean, and I don't know the names of the other three people, but it was another three people. Right. What's happened? I'm in the ministry. <laughs> and obviously, them days there, I was having it with some of the most prolific armed robbers of its time. Right, that done what they'd done. And they was connected to a lot of people in the drugs game. I was only 19, 19, 19, 20, if that, right? Yeah, and basically I was in awe of all these gangsters because I wanted to be one of the boys, yeah? So when I started hanging with all these gangsters, when we started going to the ministry, I'm walking behind them. But they're walking up to the ministry with, and you weren't allowed to drink alcohol in the ministry at this time. Yeah, but these guys was coming to the ministry with crates of champagne. Right, I'll shit you not. Right, so as they're all gonna, um, Lenny, Limbal, Jack, yeah, there was the, they're the three main ones that I went with. Do you know what I'm saying? Basically, walks up to the door, walk in, security come, crash, all walk in. Not a bother, get a plot, got a bother. Sniff, drink, smoke, do what we wanted. And I was like, how come you lot got it like this? Like, with us, mate. Yeah, yeah, sweet. 
So then I started going to the ministry regular. So I'm turning up in the ministry with five, ten people. Yo, Carl, what's happening? And he'd open the gate and I'd walk in. Not a problem, not a problem. And we was all pals, we was all pals, we was all pals. Everyone was friends, everyone was nice. I was a 19-year-old little whippersnapper, but I was lemon. I was lemon, I was fucking feisty, <laughs> mate. So I was tooled up, innit? So I, I didn't care, I'd chew anyone. So I was in that moment, and all the gangsters loved me, so I was like a little golden child. So anyway, I had a, I had a 14 carat, 14 carat boulevard watch. It was the first, one of the first ever gold watches made by Boulevard in America, right? So I had this watch and I loved it. So I'm in the toilet out of my nut. The kid's gone to me, have you got the time, mate? So I've gone like that, not thinking anything of it. The kid's trying to take the watch off me. So when he's trying to do that, because I, I, I just got my blade out and just started plunging him up, you know? I thought, what are you doing, you stupid cunt? Get off me. And with that, <laughs> his mates come running over, so I've done him, do you know what I mean? So as I'm coming out of the toilet, I've been told, I'm not sure who it was, because I was out of my nut, but I've rung him and I asked him if he had a, a scar on his belly, and he said he did. And I said, where did you get it? And I think, I can't remember if he confirmed it was there or not, but he said he's definitely got it there. I said, well, I was supposed to have stabbed him. So Bernard O'Mahony, I was supposed to have stabbed him in the in the belly, yeah, um, and then gone on to the dance floor. This was at the Ministry, in the ministry of Sound, oh, yeah. So then basically what's happened, I don't know whether or not it was the two people in the toilet that got stabbed up or Bernard O'Mahony, but when Colton heard that I'd done this in the club, he'd popped a lid, do you know what I mean? So I'm on the dance floor and young Fitz has come in and called me out. I said, what's the matter? He said, Colton wants you. I said, for what? So he needs to speak to you about something. I said, I'll tell him I'll speak to him after, man. Because when I've come out of the toilet, I've said to the bouncer, whether it's Bernardo or not, I said, look, someone's just been served up in the toilet. And I went to give him the blade as if to say, there's the blade. And he's half trying to grab hold of me, like, what are you doing with that? And I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't want to say I'm with Colton, but I'm like, what are you doing, you div? Let go of me. And he's like, Ugh. Because that's what happened. He's man out of the minute, so I plunged him up, put him down and carried on walking, gone into my firm. And then we're standing there, the next thing, um, Fitz has come in, he said, Marv Colton wants you. I said, for what? Tell him to come up here. He said, no, he wants to speak to you now, it's urgent. I was like, for what? He said, Marv, it's really urgent. So I went, all right, sweet. Because I thought we was all one firm, we could do what we wanted to do. There was all the ICF fucking football thugs and West Ham and all that. So I thought, you can stab people, be what you doing, and you just have a conversation after. So then, as I'm walking down, there's a long walkway to the end of the ministry, weren't there? Like, it's like down to the front doors, yeah? yeah. As I walk down the two double doors, I've opened the double doors. As I've opened the double doors, he's hit me, right? And whatever he's hit me with, all I see was a white flash, right? So he's hit me with a white flash. Now, what I remember is looking at his hand and seeing a hatchet. Right. Yeah? So I've said, looked at the other hands, I can't see nothing. So I said, did you just hit me with that? Right? And he's hit me again, right? So that scar there, is where the thing stuck in my head, yeah? So as he's hit me the second time, yeah, I've just pulled my tool out. And I'd look, see the scar on my finger there? Yeah. Right, so I've had a tool, as I've pulled the tool, it was only a two-shot Derringer, I've gone like that, and it's been knocked out of my hand. So with this hand, I've pulled out a blade, and I've gone to stab someone with a blade, and then I've been hit with a couple of things, then I had a can of CS gas, and then that got knocked out of me. And then we're fighting. You were like fucking Batman, weren't you? Yeah. Fucking guns, knives, yeah, yeah, yeah. CS gas. That's how we walked about. That was the 90s, man. So I'm having a tear up. 
I'm having a tower, I'm having a tower, I'm having a tower. Next thing you know, everyone stops fighting. And they're telling me, calm down. Calm down. Calm down, you cheeky cunt. Like, you just chop me with a fucking axe. So he's kicked off and then they've, they've sort of manhandled me. Some's got my arms, some's got my legs. And then they've run me through the nightclub, threw me out the back door and shut it. So I booted it a couple of times. And then, honestly, this is what happened. I'm outside, I thought, you know what? I can't get these lot nicked, mate. So as I've come out of the little slip, there's a geezer in the motor. So I said, oh, mate. He said, are you all right? I said, oh, do, do me a favour, drive me over Clarkenwell Road. And he went, yeah, yeah, jump in, jump in. And he's jumping, he said, what happened? I said, like, oh, fuck no, he's not in there. I said, are you all right, though, mate? He's like, yeah. I said, how's he look? I said, come and get over here. So he said, what are you going to do? I said, oh, I'm going to go back and fucking do the mug, mate. What's the matter with you? He's like, you're joking. I said, are you mad? I said, he's going, mate, fucking fat mug, blah, blah, blah. So he's driving me to Clarkenwell Road. I lived in Radcliffe House at the time. So I run upstairs, got the keys, come back down to lock up, running. I had a 410 at the time and a little pumpy. So I've got the 410 and a pumpy. I've come running back out to the car and the geezer in the car was gone. So I thought, fuck. So I run back upstairs. So I've no got No Ubers then either. You had to probably get a no, black no, 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 no. So I've done. I've gone upstairs. Now I need a driver in it. So I've woke the bird up and my missus, Lisa at the time. So I said, Lisa, Lisa, get up. We need to go and do something, babe. She said, why, what's happening? I said, ah, oh, them not fucking chop me in the, in the club. I said, but I've got to go and do the little mug. And she went, what are you on about? What are you on about? And she's got up. And when she's looked at my face, she's just gone, ah! I was like, what are you all about? What are you doing? What are you doing? She said, Marv, your face is wide open, mate. Your heads are, all your heads hanging out. I was like, what? Shut up. And I was, to me, it never looked that bad. Like, I'm out of my nut, innit? I just had a little bit of blood. They weren't bleeding. There were no blood. It was just, it was just an open gash. An open gash, but it never hurt, right? She so said, no, you got to go to hospital. You got to go to hospital. So I said, all right, sweet. So then we went to the hospital. I got stapled up. Then rest his soul, Junior McDonough. He come back out. He come out with me to find Colton and all them lot. We went on a rampage to the park, dungeons. You never went EC1, you don't ever done EC1. The park, dungeons, and somewhere else we went looking for him. And we couldn't find him. The ministry. So we're going back to the ministry, ministry every weekend, ministry every weekend. Just, we're going to do him. We're going to do him. And, and that was it. He, he obviously heard that he was looking for him. So he They rung me up. No, because what happened was my pals rang me up, said, Ma, what's happening? You need to see me. I said, For what? I said, I'm dealing with something. He said, I oh, know, I need to speak to you, mate. I was like, for what? He said, this thing with Colin. I said, yeah, it's on, mate. He said, but you need to come and see me. I said, for what? He said, the man chopped me in my face, bruv. He said, but Marv, you need to come and see me. I was like, is it like that? He said, well, it is, yeah. I was like, all right, sweet. So I've had to drive to Woodford. So I've drove to Woodford, gone to my pal's house, and I said, what? He said, what the fuck are you doing trying to rob the ministry? I was like, Ch -ch -ch, what do you mean? He was like, what do I mean? Why are you robbing it? He said, Marv. I said, mate, I won't robbing no one. I said, someone tried to rob my fucking watch, bruv. I stabbed him up. The banjo tried to hold me up and I stabbed him up. What the fuck? And then he's got Colton on the phone and then they talk about come and meet me. So I said, all right, where are you? Where are you? And I was, obviously I was nuts at that time. You fucking mugs. You think you're going to frighten me, you fucking squeak. Come and see me anywhere you want, mate. Anywhere you fucking want, I'll see you now. Now, now, you fucking mugs. All of you. And then basically about six months later, I got nicked for an armed robbery and then I went away. So that sort of fizzled out. And then I got out when I beef out, all that kicked off. And then come 2000, I was involved in maybe seven or eight shootings over West London. One of my pals got killed. Um, another kid, I was nicked for shooting some other kid in the block. Another kid got shot, I got nicked for. Another kid got shot, I got nicked for. 
Um, a couple of people got murdered and then all of us, there's about a firm of us all got nicked and we went away. Um, 2002. And that was when everything changed again for me after that. But then when you was in Marbella, you saw him again, was that 2006? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and what happened then? Well, 2002. So I goes away in swell side 2002. I get to... Let me tell you this story, though, right? Why? Because these are the... It's all reasons why I come out of the game, right? So I know how much a ton of puff costs, right? I know because I've been doing it. So when we got nicked for these 19 murders, I've said to the firm I'm working with, we need a slot on the transport. What? We need a slot on the transport. There's a couple of hundred grand. We can't do that. We've got to give you drinks. I was like, what are you on about? So we're going to look after you. So we been looking after us. We're doing 36 years here. How are you going to look after me for 36 years? So I need to pay for my kids, I need to pay for everything. You can't pay for that. Can't rely on you for that, you fucking mug. It's all we are. Put it on the transport. So I got a message back saying we can't get on the transport, which is the transport for the puff and all that, yeah? Which is going to feed us all while we're in prison. So I thought, you fucking rat cunts. You dirty rat cunt, yeah? You've got us all in here doing 36 years for you lot to sit out there living your fucking life of opulence, you dirty rat cunt who's been grassing up everyone for don't know how long. So, I mean, how could, you, how could you be the head of an organisation? Not my organisation, my pal's organisation. How would you be the head of it, but yet not get nicked for all the murders? How? How? It's not possible. Do you get it? So, I hated this little firm. So then basically, when I was away, and I don't know why God kept me alive or why God's got my back. Right, but my creator... He's got a plan for you, my friend. He's got the plan, man. So I said to him, look, do me a favour. So get me out of this and I'll never have anything to do with these cunts ever again. And then I'll get these messages. So he just said to me, as long as you don't... As long as you don't get involved in killing people and hurting people, I'll get you out within five years. So I said, yeah? He said, yeah. So I said, all right, sweet. So I made a plan. When I get out, I'm never going to be in England ever again. I'm going to be in another country doing other things and fucking, I'm not going to work with none of these, these people in England. And then, lo and behold, basically the, the investigation fell apart, the, the case fell apart, and we got found guilty by association to one of my co-dependents taking, co-dependents taking a plea bargain for five years. But he got four years and I got five and a half years. I mean, that was guilty by association. Now I come out, went straight to Spain, I started my new life. And I ate there over there with a fucking splash because the work was cheap and I knew it. So I give work away cheap to everyone and all the people who was running it didn't like it. That was the reality, they hated it. That I was exposing the cost of everything to people here. These cunts are taking the piss out of you. They're taking the piss out of you. They're taking the piss out of you. He don't love you, you mug. He's rumming you like a dog. Like, you nick 50 and 60 quids or 100 quids out of you people. You don't nick seven, 800 quid out of them. How? How? It's a fucking liberty, mate. I mean, especially 15, 20 quid. How could you make that out of your mate? It's supposed to be your pal, it's supposed to love you. It's supposed to help you get out of a piss hole. So I just sort of saw it for what it was. So when I'm over there, I've made a splash. I've come up for a meeting one afternoon. I remember this, I was wild then. Like, I don't have the same feelings about Colton and them lot no more. Colton and that's me mate now, because we actually made up in Spain. So basically, what's happened? I've come out of, of a meet, come out, and I've walked out, 
I've got a my pal. Is that Colton? He's on you joking. I said, that's fucking Colton there. He says, shut up. I said, I'm telling you, with that, he's turned around, yeah? And he's gone, Marv, what's happening? What's happening? I was like, what's happening, Colt? He's like, oh, dick high, dick high. And he's come walking over and I'm thinking, fuck. Was he, like, was he, what's yours? Like, this ain't a smiling, in my head, I'm thinking, this ain't a smiling situation, bruv. You chopped me in my head with an axe. Like, what the fuck are you smiling about? How long ago was that, though? Was that sort of 10 years before, or? No, right, so, that was in 2006. And he chopped me in 1990, 1989, 1990, but I was about 19. Yeah, so it was 20 odd years. So I went on a little journey and I never even bothered going back to look for him because when I got out, they weren't even around London no more. They was up in South End, didn't it? So I mean, so I had no way of getting him. I wasn't going to chase him all over the country. It was just when I saw him on site, innit? When we grew up, we weren't about looking for people. If you never had their address, then it was on site. Simple. So we're on-site members. I'll never look for that one. It's on-site. If I get his address, I'll turn up. If not, it's on-site. And I was always ready for on-sites, no matter where we went or what we'd done. And uh, so I've seen him. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? What are you up to? But now, think of it like this. I'm plugged in with all the drugs, all the guns, all the sniff and all the puff. With everyone. I'm plugged in like you couldn't imagine in Spain. Like, all the cartel boys, like, they were my mates. I had close relations. I've never done business with most of them. I've done a little bit of business with the weed and uh, I never really got into the class A's, it weren't me. But anyway, give me a cuddle. So I said, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, my head's ticking now. Info, I need to know where he is, what he's doing, who he's seeing. Hi. Who are you over here? What are you doing? He said, I'm releasing my book. Like, he's just on Cloud Cuckoo. He's in his little bubble. I'm releasing my book, Up Rise of Foot Soldier. We're doing it. I said, oh yeah, what are you doing? He said, taboo. But at the time, Kian had taboo. Right. Yeah, Kian was my pal all the time. So I had to go around to Kian. I said, listen, mate, your club getting shut tonight, son. It's getting shut. Shut. Done. Finished. He said, what do you want about? I said, me, 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 me. I said, I've got, someone's getting ironed out in your club tonight and it's got to happen. I'm sorry. I said, I love you. I love your family. I said, but this cunt's got to go, mate. I said, Marv, why? Why? What is it? What's it over? I said, some cunt, Colton. I said, he's an old doorman from London. He said, Colton Leach. I was like, what do you mean? Do you know him? He was like, he's here to see me. I was like, for what? He said, he's doing a book launch in the club. I was like, are you fucking mad? I said, do you know he's going, didn't you? He went, no, 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 Marvin. He's trying to break shit down to me. I said, mate, I don't give a fuck. He's going, mate. So then we're sitting down talking and he's trying to break stuff down to me. So what he said to me, he said, I'll tell you what we're doing, Marv. He said, Colton's here. He's doing a bit of graph for me. He said, and uh, there's 25 bar in it which is 25 mil for the people that don't understand. He said, uh, and we're close. He said, and if you let him launch his book and he does what he does, he said, I'll guarantee you 20% of what we get. So I was like, I can't be bought, mate. I ain't getting bought, you're mad, mate. There's no random million years I'm getting bought. But he thinks I'm gonna chop my head and pay me to walk away. I said, you fucking mad. I said, ain't on, mate. I speak to you last year. Get your ass in order, I'm leaving the country tonight, mate. And I've left his ass, yeah? So I'm driving home with the intentions to go into the club tonight on the, on the back door slip, slip in, bam, 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 slip out and get on a plane and come back to England. That was my plan, yeah? And on the way home, I see 950,000, 1.2 million, 2.4 million. I'm thinking, four or five mil. I could have that, I could have that, I could have that. Do you know what? Uh, I think I'll have this. 
So I got home, I said, you know what, mate, I ain't being funny. I said, I think I'll have that. When will I have completion? When will I, when will I be paid? He said, Marv, I promise you. He said, as it comes in, you get it first, mate. He said, you can get the first couple of bar, mate, I promise you. I said, you sure? He said, yeah, I promise. So I said, all right, sweet. Lovely. So I'll come and shook hands, come and shook hands, sign a contract. Then the next day I got shot. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. <laughs> but then I went and met Colton, went and met him after. After I got shot, I went and met Colton. And he uh, he said, yeah, sweet, we're on it. And then he started paying, and then I started getting paid. And then, then Keanu had my pants down. Yeah, he had my pants down. And then he had to go on his toes. So I put it on Kian. And then me and Kian fell out for a little while. I had to go to Bristol and put it on a few people in Bristol because he disappeared. So I had to go to his money people and I put it on them in Bristol. And, uh, and then he rang me up out of the blue one day. He said, if you need to see me, you need to come to Morocco. So he gave me the postcode, son. I turned up in Morocco. I said, I want my money, mate. I don't give a fuck. Where's my money? And he said, he's going to get it. He's going to do this. He said, but I need to be in Spain. So as long as, as, long as I get my money, he come back to Spain, didn't it? And then he come back to Spain. Uh, and then they carried on and it was there, at that stage of him coming back me coming back to England that my kind of epiphany happened with the getting nicked for the murders and then coming out and then thinking I just can't be bothered with these lot no more I can't be bothered with crime no more do you know what I mean because we're just killing and so when, when was that because you you said that you was in Marbella and you met Daniel Kinnan in 2008 you said 2008 yeah so was this at the same time or was this later on well, Kian, Kian, I met Kian in 2006. So I met Daniel after I got shot. Right. I met Daniel after I got shot because how me and Daniel became acquainted was, and this is what I mean about love and respect, right? So when I first got shot, I was in so much pain, it was unreal. So much pain, it was unreal. And I got around every day trying to get things put together still. I couldn't stop making money because I was on my own. So I'm out and I'm in excruciating pain. And I'm going in, going in his gaff every day for breakfast, lunch, and meeting people and doing lots of bits and bobs. And then basically one day he just sort of said to me, do you know what, mate? He said, I, I, I don't really, I can't really take your money. I was like, what are you on about? Like, I thought he was trying to tell me I can't come in his gaff, yeah? And he was like, well, I, I, I don't really want to take your money anymore. I was like, what do you mean? Well, you don't want me in here? He was like, no, 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 no. He said, I kind of feel, I don't feel right. He said, like, you're going through it now. He said, you've got your family here. He said, I know things might be tight. He said, so I'd really appreciate it if uh, you could just not sort of pay for anything. I said, I can't do that. He said, well, at least run a bill up until you're back on your feet. So I was like, yeah, I don't mind doing that. Because in my head, I thought, I run a bill, I'm paying, it's not an issue. So then he just started looking after me, fit food-wise, because he was tired at the beginning. And then basically, I got the use of a, a gym, but I couldn't always get to the gym on my own. So when I was eating in his gaffs, I'd say to him, Dan, do you mind if I took a couple of your staff members to help me out in the gym? Because I needed help getting in and out of the car because I couldn't bend my leg and that. So he'd give me a couple of staff members to help me in the gym. And then it started from there, basically. We started training in the gym, then I got better and better and better and better and better. Then I had the boxing fight, which is on YouTube. And, uh, and then- How'd you get on? I battered the keys there, yeah. Absolutely battered. Was that your first fight? First ever. Was fight. that amateur or pro? 
but he was a pro. It was on wow. a world title undercard. Wow. Sergio Martinez, Manilva Martinez production it was. I remember and seeing that. D, D. Williams was the, right. the, the headline, a young Irish kid for the world title on Manilva Martinez. No one even knew it was Manilva Martinez because two weeks prior to our fight, um, my, Matthew Macklin lost to Sergio Martinez. And that's when everyone realised I was on a different platform and right. I was on a world title platform, mate. Even Daniel done my corner for that night. <laughs> he did. Because I think I think what what he built with MTK was amazing, and right. and 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 the. Well, no, he's he's a business mastermind that man, and he literally is. He literally is a business mastermind because we built that gym, right? We built that gym, and I, I I can say it. We built that with blood, sweat, tears, and hands, mate. And we got in there and we worked like bitches, like mate. We built it and it got flooded. The amount of times it got flooded, but we all stuck at it, man, and we kicked it. And it got turned around and we opened it and it was a joint effort to get it where it was. Do you know what I mean? Because it was like a community interest company at first. It was like a community, everyone in the community just come together and built the gym, mate. It become like the super place, didn't it? Because I remember Tyson Fury would train there. You'd have Eubank in there, you'd have Billy everyone, Joe Saunders. Like, everyone, it was everyone. the place, wasn't it? Every, boxer, every boxing person on the field come to the MTK. Even Frank Warren and all them lot come over there. Do you know what I mean? Like, MTK was like the super club, wasn't it? It had all the best fighters. Do you know why? Because it was about the boxers. It's about what I'm doing now, the same simple principle, yeah? I'm reinvesting into the bad kids that I work with. I'm not getting money and living an opulent lifestyle. I get money off the government and give it to the kids to do what they need to do in their music, their football, their boxing, their construction careers. And that's why they benefit. That's why they do well. And that's why they look the bollocks because we reinvest into them. And that's what MTK done. They invested into the boxers. They made sure the boxers had the right food, the right training, the right environment, and the right platforms, mate. And the right deals, yeah? The right deals. No one sucked the life out of boxers. Every boxer that come through MTK got the right instructions. Even a couple of boxers retired very young because they got the right information. Do you know what I mean? Why? Like we had a young boxer, the most technically abled boxer I've ever been in the ring with, and I'll shit you not. And the only problem is he broke his hands. Young Joe Selkirk, and I'm telling you, I spied with this kid for a year, and every time, I to win, I used to make him break his hands. Because he had to hit me that hard, he'd break his hand. Because I used to press him that much, that the only thing that would stop him is him breaking his hand, and he couldn't do no more. Every time we sparred apart from one or two, he broke his hand. I mean, he was that good. And then he realised he couldn't go on to be a world title holder. He got a European belt. A lot of people, you know, that do amateur boxing, and then that pro game is the hardest game in the world. Because you've got to be tough. You've got to be tough. And I was going to say, if you've got someone in here now who's solid, yeah, I need them to punch me as hard as they can in my midriff, and you see how solid you've got to be. Like, there ain't no one can win me. And I'll put a 10 to 1 bet on it that you can't win me with a solid punch. 10 to 1 odd bet. <laughs> I'm, 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 people used to even Dan used to have a go at me because I was doing the club he said stop doing it someone will catch you one I was like they won't man they won't they won't it's too solid I used to let anyone punch me but yeah it's another level mate so the reason why I am a legitimate businessman on a spiritual journey of selflessness is because of Daniel man, wow. isn't it? and the starting of MTK and what we built and what we done and how we could develop business models systems and strategies to help young people so when, when, when would you say you realised, actually, I don't want to do this crime anymore? 
I've I've kind of had enough. I want 2014. Wow. When I got out of the when I got nicked for the Dale Cregan case. What was that? Because we need to discuss that as well. Well, basically, I was owed a couple of million quid from a guy. He's dead now, so I won't mention his name. But he was from Berry. He was a big car dealer from Berry. Do you know what? You sound really good. You actually sound like you're from Berry. I know. Berry. Up north. He was from Berry. And uh, our bowl. Our bowl. Our kid. Our bowl. No, oh, they're bowl. Bowl. They like oh. bowl. They, they, they like pals in Berry. Right. Our kids, Liverpool. Oh, Manchester. Manchester and Liverpool's oh, right. kids, yeah. But further north, it's pals. Bowl. They're bowl. They're bowl. Yeah. But yeah, this fellow, he had me over. He had me over. He royally had me over for 1.6 bar. I was tiling into him. And he was tiling to me. And basically, he introduced me to a couple of kids from Manchester that were supposed to be heavy hitters. I met them. They weren't Dale. There was, the people I met was Dale's older lot. So I met this little... Was Dale Cregan the guy who... Did he kill a cop or yeah, something? Yeah, the two Fiona. Was, was it a hand grenade? A hand grenade. Yeah, he'd done the, the dad and the son, the shorts. I thought I knew the name. So yeah, he, he actually, he actually did, 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 did he go around the house or did they come in his house and he threw a grenade No, they basically, he done the dad, he done the son, and then the dad said he was going to do him. And then he went and done the dad and hand, hand grenaded the dad and his pal. And then when the police took his kids away from his baby mum, to protect them, he rung the police and said, I want my kids back. I said, mate, come on, hand yourself in, do this, do that. He said, if you don't give my son back, I'm going to wind you like that. And they never give me son back. So he rung them up, called them around the ass, and just shot them. Fucking hell. And then blew them up. Absolute scumbag, mate. Like, I didn't know. I knew Dale when I met him a few times. And we had was he connected with these guys then? Yeah, from Manchester, right. yeah, who I knew. Because one of them, one of, one of my mates, who are, I, I, I built a decent relationship. I won't mention him now because he's, I don't know if he's out of life or he's in it because me and him don't talk no more, but I can't be sure he's in or out, so I won't mention his name. But I met Dale through him and his mum. His mum ended up getting a six on my case. Poor lady. What was that, what was that Dale like? Was he a lunatic? Well, I met him after he got attacked in Thailand and he got stabbed in the eye. Yeah, so my pal come to me one day and said, mate, one of my pals has been stabbed, he's lost his eye, can you come and have a word with him? I said, why do you want to have a word with me? He said, because you've got one eye. He's getting really down and depressed. You've got so much in common. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to expose him. I said, What's your, what are you whinging about? Right. I said, go and get yourself a couple of moody eyes. Stop fucking moaning, mate. You're a bad man, what? We're going to lose bits. Be happy you ain't lost both of them. And we started communicating for a few weeks and months, getting him in the gym, doing bits and pieces. And I thought he was a lovely kid. I thought he was all right. Um, you know what? I want to ask you a personal question, Mark, right? Because for anybody who's watching this that's ever lost a limb or lost an eye, right? For you, it's like, you know, whatever, just fucking go back to work. You know, it's just one of them things. It's like, I mean, is that how you've coped with that? Because that no, must I have been... I can't anything. What's the point? I don't see the point in procrastinating or whinging about something when you can do other things to make it better. Right. I was just... When you go through, like, I woke up some days indoors with no food, mate. I never ate for days, not weeks, but days in my house. Like, when you when you get, when you used to a certain, you don't, you don't give up. You know something's gonna turn up. So right. you just don't give up, you just don't give up. So no matter what happens to me, I've still got to feed myself. So I'll ask you a question. If you was in the wild two million years ago and you lost your foot, 
How do you think you're gonna survive? They ain't got any fucking choice, have you? Exactly. Get on with so it. that's the thing. Societies give us choices, free will, and domesticated living. What What was his answer? What was What was Dow's answer when you said that to him? Did he sort of? He perked up a little bit. He thought, actually, you're right. Yeah, yeah. He perked up a little bit. Perked up a little bit, and then started hanging about, doing bits and pieces. I see him a few times. He was in the gym. He was doing sweets and that. And then he just, I don't know, man, just lost the fucking plot. Wow. And like, that's how I see it, just lost the plot, mate. Lost the plot. And did you get your money back from from, from our pal, Berry? Uh, he died, didn't he? Fucking hell. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, that. that I'll get him, people seem to die around me. And I see him. If they owe you money. <laughs> it's mad, though. <laughs> I fall out of people and they seem to die. And I, don't I'm, fall out of Marvin and don't owe him any money. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's not like I die. I like, I just, it just happens and then people just assume it's me, but it's right. really not. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's really not. It just happens. Like, yeah. And it it happens. Even through COVID, three of, of, of my enemies from other lives all got ironed out. It's mad, isn't it? But obviously I weren't connected. I can't the be Lord, connected. The Lord, the Lord works in mysterious ways. He does. I've been, watch this, I got shot in five places. All my kids had one birthmark everywhere I got shot, but my firstborn has a birthmark everywhere I've been shot. Wow. Imagine that. And that's a fact. Dane, my son, my oldest son, he's got a birthmark on his face here, on his little pecker. Well, it might be a big, big pecker now, I'm not sure. <laughs> he's a big little pecker. <laughs> Praise God, well. And in 2014, you decided, I've had enough. Well, not really, no. Basically, what happened is I, I, I got into the, the cannabis growing, right? Because in Spain, you're allowed to grow it legally. You're allowed to do things in, in Spain legally, what you weren't allowed to do in England. So I got into that trade over there a few years ago when it was moving up. And then uh, basically, I used to help a couple of kids out here giving it to them really cheap so they could get themselves in front. So what they could sell for three and a half thousand, I'd give them for eight fifty or a thousand pounds, but they got two and a half grand in it. Right. So they got no reason to owe me money. And a couple of people I give, this same fellow I'd give him the Utah, I think I'd give him 15 or 18 grand, and he could get between 28 and 30. And this little cunt owed me 200 and something grand when I come out, and I thought, how? How? And I thought, you horrible little bastard. And I thought, do this little cunt. So I got me mates to go and do him. And then they sent me a message back on my device saying, you know he's from your manor, so make sure you find out who he is then. And find out, well, you know he's having it with your son. I said, are you joking? So I've rung my son up. I said, do you know a young fella called blah, blah? He said, yeah, I do his happens. I said, oh, six, 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 six. So I've come home. I said, get him, call him for me. He's calling me, I want to meet him. I said, what are you playing? He said, oh, I'm all right, I'm saying, yeah, no. I said, it's reason I come, let's have a chat, jump in. He's like, what? I said, what? I said, that bit of Eddie's yours, someone. What are you on about? I don't know, money. Yes, you do. It's not done. I said, you do. I said, look, it's getting a bit out of hand and you're going to get yourself into bother. I said, but I'm going to give you an opportunity. He said, what's that? He said, I don't have no money. I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, are you winding me up? He was like, yeah. I was like, do me a favour. Send me the geezer's handle. Are you sure? Ding, ding. So I've messaged the handle. Ding. Ping, ping. I said, see, I'll do your thing. And his answer said, it's me. I said, it's me. So you owe me the money. And he's just gone white. Like, but, but, uh, uh, I said, look, we're going to do one thing. I said, you're going to come off the road with me today, because I'm finished. So if you don't come off the road with me today, then I'm going to give the debt back to the firm. And then someone will more likely shoot you or kill you. So he come off, 
on young uh, G-Man. And he did, he did. He come off, he runs his own church now. Amazing. Runs his own church now in um, North London somewhere. So he went off into the music world, created a little, a little artist called Ambush, who's on the platform now. He's, he's just about to take off once he crosses a couple more T's and dots, yeah. a few more I's, and then he's gone clear. But he, they're all good, man. Everyone's growing. So when when you decided that was it, you wanted to get out of life. What 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 is Marvin Herbert? What are you doing now? What's your thing? Is it's it's obviously health. It's obviously fitness. It's obviously helping kids get off the street. Yeah, but it's it's a little bit more than that. So I take people to the gym. I give them programs, and anybody that has any skills, I help them to develop business models around their skills, and then I'll add value to their business model. And then I'll take five percent of the company right. to plug them in and let them go. And you know the network. The network is unbelievable, mate. Yeah. So I'll create models, they models or whatever, I'll take five percent for my ad value, and everyone goes off into the sunset and everybody's happy. Yeah. I live on my dividends forever. Happy days. Dividends, <laughs> that's what you gotta get. Dividends. Don't get cash, get dividends. That's a good that's a good bit of advice. Don't get and, cash, get dividends, mate. Have you ever thought about writing a book, Marvin? I'm because doing it. Doing it right now. I was gonna say, because your story or stories and life, it definitely deserves a book and it definitely deserves a film, I reckon. Well, I reckon we might be in the right place with the right people to start doing that now. <laughs> it's a contract. Gentlemen's <laughs> answer, you know how we do. And what I'm saying to you, this is the thing, right? So all the writing and all that sort of stuff, I'm, I'm up for it because Amazing. I am the 21st century road to redemption. Yeah. And I do believe that I wasted my adult life and all my childhood trying to be the best criminal on the planet. And I amounted to nothing. Because when you started the conversation, you said, you're a fucking waste of time. All these people are fucking mugs. And it was, it was as if, if you had that fucking time travel machine, you'd get back in and you wouldn't relive that life. No, it's always, I wouldn't relive that life. And what I would do, yeah, I would get to university, I'd learn five foreign languages, right? Arabic, Russian, Chinese, Spanish, and um, French. They're the five languages I would learn. Fluently, and then I'd get a degree in business and a degree in history, and then I'd go and have a lot of fun. And that's what my ingredients to anybody is now. If you're out there and you're going through school, college, or university, get more knowledge, yeah, because you will need this knowledge, more knowledge when you're 30, 40, 50, because you won't have done everything you thought you needed to do when you get there. So I'm telling you, five foreign languages business and history, get to university or the highest level of qualification you can. When you get to 30, 40, 50, 60, you won't have no fucking financial problems. Facts. And for anybody that says, that all sounds great, Marvin, but I don't really want to go down that road because I'm not academic. <laughs> Again, <laughs> what would you, what, what, people listen and watch this podcast, we want them to learn something. Right, learn this, right, learn this. I'm not academic, I can't even fucking read, yeah? Imagine that. So I can't read properly. I have dyslexia, ADHD, post-natal, what's it? Post-traumatic stress. So you haven't got PTSD. post-natal depression. Oh, I've said it before. <laughs> I've got post-natal depression, yeah. PTSD, yeah. I'm going through the male menopause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it. So look, I'm no good academically. I can't read. My brain can't read information and digest it. I can only be told information and digest it. It's weird. So I can't learn like anybody else, but I've got companies. And asked, was it 
ask what the what my net worth is. It fluctuates. Sometimes I'm worth a few mil. Sometimes I'm worth a few hundred grand. But it depends on what businesses have crashed. Because when the COVID, I was worth 19 mil before COVID, and I went down. Uh, I mean, COVID did dec decimate a lot of businesses. It ruined all my businesses. It closed all my companies. I went bankrupt. Well, not bankrupt, but my businesses got closed, and I owed two, three hundred grand worth of rent in my buildings. They made I shut the building for a year. Yeah, and then my recording studio got shut. My record label got collapsed, and um, everything fell apart, mate. And I had to get move out of my ass because I couldn't pay the mortgage or the rent and all that bollocks. So I had to move out of the ass. I had a nice million, half a million pound ass, over half a million pound ass up in Milton Keynes. Four, four bedroom detached, nice and all that. Do you know what I mean? And I, I lost it all in COVID and I hit the bottom, the pavement. And now I'm actually starting from a portal cabin in Kentish Town and I'm between the portal cabin in Kentish Town and the bird's house in Leeds. And I'm um, between um, both. And what's your... I mean, how old are you now, Marv? 52. You're the same age as me. There you go. You look better than me, though. I look better. <laughs> yeah. I ain't even had a shave yet. I reckon it's that alkaline water you've been drinking. Mate, it's the alkaline it diet and the exercise, man. I told you, get in the gym with me, we'll get yeah. you down and looking. Six packed up, you won't yeah. recognise me. I'm telling you what, I, 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 right. six months, if you get in the gym with me for six months, I can guarantee you now you'll be ripped to fuck. And then ask, and ask anybody about coming to the gym with Marv and... Doing what Marv does with lighter weight, just ask anyone, even NC. Where are you, where are you training out of? Well, anywhere, anywhere there's a pure, but I go every day, every day, even even the missus, I'll get her to show you her video, she does it, she's gotta go, she's gotta do it as well, and she does my circuits, but with lighter weights. It's just about doing the exercises, and it's functional exercises. Clean and jerks, you can do them, can't you? That's yeah. that one. That's all it is, clean and jerks and squats, that's it. It's not even difficult. They're simple exercise, but it's the way you do it and the pace you do it and who you do it with. Because there's one on the bar, off the bar, on the bar, off the bar. So when I'm working, you're resting. When I've done my set, you've got to do your set. And you both do interval sets and you do five sets, five, yeah, five sets and then add weight. Another five sets, add weight. Another five sets, so you add weight five times. I mean, I'm definitely gonna take you up on an offer. Definitely. Well, we'll right. have to. We'll be spending too yeah. much time with each other. We're all done. We're writing, darling. <laughs> Why are you Marvin hanging out all the time? Getting a six-pack, babe. No, by the time we write these books, mate, you have a six-pack. You might even get some air back, mate. Might stress you out that much. Yeah, start mate, scrolling back. I found a six-pack and I'll be <laughs> <So> done. <laughs> got half one after Marv. That's why they call me marvellous, mate. <laughs> um, and, and anybody that's watching this that is thinking of getting into crime, what would you say to them? Mate. What I'll say to you is this, yeah? The shortcuts are only the shortcuts for desperate situations, dramas, trauma, prison, and death. The shortcuts don't get you nowhere. The shortcuts just give you a little bit of fun. So if you want a little bit of fun and a life of misery, depredation, and sort of skin, brass, prison nonsense, then don't educate yourself. Crime could be for you. It's not as bad, <laughs> isn't it? Like, if I'd have known now, yeah, right. that I could be like Nick. Right. Me and Nick are best mates, yeah. right? And the only things is... he's Nick old, we love you. Yeah. He, he's, <laughs> he's educated, he's educated, and he's in the right network, in the right framework, in the right environment, and he's golden, mate. That's and why like, he's called Nick Gold. Yeah, I'm telling you, <laughs> he's golden, mate. I'm, and you know what? The house in Belarus, 
I had no, no, number one bedroom. Right. My bedroom was number one, right next to the pool. Do you know what I mean? And I lived with him in a, I think it was 15, 20 million pound house in St. John's Wood as well. Sounds uh, terrible. Unbelievable. I'll be, I'll be, I saw you there. Mm. So I love that big moose he's got. The moose bar. <laughs> That's what I've done on my podcast. When I first started, that's where I've done my podcast. Right. In the moose room. So when everybody watches my old podcast when I was in the moose bar, that was in my pal's ass. And what was actually funny is I was seeing Nick and I didn't know you two knew each other and I walked in the moose bar and you sat there and you was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, what are you doing here? It's just it's faces funny. of old, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like we've all been around the block for too long. Yeah. All been around the block for too long. But it's, it's time now for the block to start helping the youngsters Absolutely. get to places we never got to. Because I think in the 80s and the 90s, there was a lot, there was a lot of ego about them. It was all egotistical nuts that just wanted to own and be and do everything the best. So now we can come together and do things selflessly for the greater good of the next generations. Then we'll be all right, leave our mark, leave our footprint that will last forever. Yeah. Rather than all the deadbeat villains that have all died off already. Because right. what successful gangs that really do you hear about, apart from the craze? Well, yeah, I mean, and even they, I mean, you know, they was in, they, they died in prison, I mean, you know. They died in prison, now the truth's coming out, that they were both gay, and they raped a few people. There's another little bit of boom that people right. don't know, do you know what I mean? Because there's lots of stories about them that people don't know about, and there's lots of things that's going to be coming out in the near future, but not, life is life. Yeah, and, uh, and yeah, another thing that happened which, Obviously, it trended on social media. It was in all the press with Dave Courtney taking his life. And, mate, do you know what? Now, I cannot, and I cannot understand, and I'll see him at my son's funeral in May. If that pain that he was going through was enough for him to kill himself, then that's his choice. I would never understand it. Um, at the end of the day, I feel more about his family. But to me, if you kill yourself, you kill yourself for something that you believe you can't live with, you can't live without, or you can't live through. So whatever it is he was going through, I feel you, mate. But I didn't know him, so I can't have any opinion on him as a yeah. character. At the end of the day, he must have been going through something traumatic for him to do what he'd done being such a charismatic individual. He was supposed to be the life and soul of a party. So why would you blow your own candle out? I mean, it, I, mean I, I was I was shocked by it. I mean, I've known him for, for, for years. I've, I've, you know, knew him more in the 90s when I was doing the clubs, because he was obviously a permanent fixture on the club scene. Um, and he actually gave me my first break. So when he did his first movie, Hell to Pay, he actually put me in that, so yeah. he actually got me started on the. He's done on, a lot. He's, he's, on, I, I can't. I, I'm not going to try and. I just don't understand why he's done it. Um, he's done a lot. In, in fairness, because without him, we might even be on these platforms now. So, I mean, so I do look at things that he's done, and to be quite honest with you, he was the only villain, villainish, or whatever. He, I don't know what he was, but he was there first before anyone else. Well, he, he, I think. I think. Look, he was. He was on the door. He was a prolific fighter. He used to do bare fights on the old Kemp Road. Um, you know, I think it was Ronnie Cray died um, and, and he did the security for that. And obviously that put him right in the public eye. And, and you know, and then I think what he did after the bottom of that, 
was you'd always see him with Mad Frankie Fraser, Joe Paul, Roy Shaw, um, Tony Lambiano, all those sort of old time sort of gangsters. You go to a boxing thing and they'd all be there. Dave would know them, and and I think he probably invented the celebrity gangster. So when you actually talk to people, I mean all the all all, all the real gangsters and all the people that. We're in the mob in America. They they didn't want to be in the press. They didn't want to be famous. They they wanted to be under the radar. But I think he just embraced it and went. You know what? I might have a few quid out of this. Yeah, exactly. And he was a marmite character. Some people loved him. Some people hated him. But I think the majority of people thought he was funny. Um, and uh, you know, the the uh, a, fr- a friend of mine who was who, who knew him well. It, I he actually said, we we talked about it the other day. Just like we're talking about now. And I said I'm I'm shocked. That he would do that because I only saw him occasionally, like an event or whatever, or a premiere, yeah. and he always looked happy. He didn't look awesome. miserable. But um, my mate said to me, he said, "You know what?" He said he had a reason for doing that and wanting to go out like that. And you just have to respect that's it. His choice. It's his choice. He made that choice to do that. If that's what happened, and you just have to go. I might not agree with it. I might not understand it. But that's your choice. So if you're if you're happy with that choice, you just have to let it go. And in closing, if that's how you want to be remembered, remember say La V, yeah, like I don't want to be remembered like that. I want to be remembered for all the great things I do and all the great people. All the I six leave, packs you know? you've given people, Marv. <laughs> I say to people, I'll, I'll train people for free, yeah? As long as they come to my gym, I'll train them for free. Yeah, as long as they tell everybody I got them in that shape. That's yeah. all I want. That's the best advert. Marv done it, Marv done it, Marv done it, Marv and Marv die. And what I eat, and how I eat, because I'm on a 20, I'm on a 24 hour fast now. Right. Every day. Every day. So I don't eat after two o'clock in the afternoon, well, three o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow. Right. So I change it every day. Wow. I had one hour. So tomorrow, I've stopped eating at two o'clock this afternoon, and I won't eat until three o'clock tomorrow afternoon. So I'll go 25 hours every day, bang, bang, until I go all the way around the clock. What does that do to your body then? Is that a way yeah. of kickstarting your metabolism? Or? It, just, it just kills all the bad shit in your body. Like, it, like you, you, your body repairs itself, right? But you've got to make it go without for it to fix itself. We're not supposed to eat so, many, so much food. Your body only, your body, your body only consumes liquid. So no matter how big you get, it's only liquid that's making it get that big. Imagine that. Your body wrings out all the liquid from the food you eat and absorbs the liquid. Right? So all you've got to focus on is what liquid you put into your body. Now, the reason why people chew is to break down the roots and the vegetables that we're supposed to eat to give us that juice and that nutrient. Do you know what I mean? And that's why we've got teeth the way we've got them. So I'm on a different diet of anything that falls from the ground and grows from the tree. And I have a little bit of uh, vegan donut time. And I'll promote them. I love them. Donut time, (laughs) vegan donuts. They're nuts. Oh, November, they've got the blackberry one coming back on circulation, but they've got the biscoffee one and the cookie and creams. I I went to Winter Wonderland and I literally saw donut time and I went, what is that? And I went over and I went, oh my God. And I was, I bought like three or four and I was with the kids and they was all like, oh, these donuts are off the charts, Dad, yeah, you know, yeah, so. I'll get them, I'll get them, I'll get them Donut time is where it's at. I'm telling you, I'll get them every week, every week. <laughs> look, I'll show you this how much, this, 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 right, this is how much I eat them, right? I'm not even joking. Look, You've got look. a fucking loyalty card, haven't you? I've got a loyalty card, look. <laughs> I'm not even joking with you, look, watch. All I the loyalty card, look, 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 look. And they're all they're stamped up, all they're stamped, stamped up. up. 
Stamped up loyalty cards. Right? <laughs> I don't mess about, mate. They all know me. In the... Oh, here he is. When they can turn up, Marvin, what time is it? Yeah, don't have time. time. <laughs> 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 yeah, but Marvin, I've really enjoyed having you on, mate. We, we've had a great chat and uh, I think people are going to really enjoy this show because I think you've really opened up and I think, I don't know, I, I, I think people have seen a different side to Marvin Herbert today than they've ever seen on any other podcast. But I will say, your stories are great and you've got to do the book. And you, you've okay, got, well, you've, well, you've well, got what, what me and Tara are going to do, yeah? We're going to do the biography and then we're going to do the artistic license based on a true story. <laughs> right? They're the one. Yeah? Absolutely. Now, read between the lines, I'll tell you now. <laughs> Boom. Marvin, yeah. thank you for coming on. Mate. Thank you very much. Thank much. You. Appreciate it. Come thank on. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Criminal Connection podcast. Marvellous Marvin Herbert. What a fantastic guest. I want to say thanks to Marvin for coming on. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you look on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe, put on notifications, like and comment on every video on our page. And uh, we'll see you next week where we've got another exciting guest. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.